0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor for AdvancedCurry.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. Thank you for making me a part of your day. It's hump day. We are halfway through the work week. We have a hey, if you're in the United States, you got a 3-day weekend coming up. I'm sure you're excited about that just as much as I am excited about that. And we have a lot to talk about here on this podcast. Before we get to that, I always mention our Behind the Steel Curtain Network of podcasts. You want to make sure you're listening to all of it. Let's say you stumbled upon this podcast uh, on my my Twitter feed. Maybe it was an article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts just by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow us. You get all of our content, three fresh shows every single day, Monday through Friday, even new shows on the weekend. And yes, these are the dog days. The OTAs are going to help with that, giving us some topics to discuss, things to... Debate and things of that nature, as Mike Tomlin would say, but it's a good time to make sure that you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, that should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we get to the OTAs, and that's what everyone's talking about, I get it, there was some news that I do want to address uh, on the show, Very right off the bat. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, And that is the news of the toxicology report uh, about Dwayne Haskins. If you read the article that I wrote for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and if you follow me on Twitter, you saw the link it shared. Look, I'm not here to talk about the toxicology report. I just want to back up the reasoning behind writing the article. There were a lot of commenters on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, people on Twitter, that were like, you know, just let the guy go. And I understand that sentiment. You have to understand that we have to do our job. And just like how we covered the accident and the tragedy when it happened in April, it was a necessity, in my opinion, for the site. If, if we are your go-to source for Steelers news, we have to cover that story. I did it as sensitively. I, I tried to be as sensitive as I possibly could when covering that story. I left it straight to facts. I did not do any speculation. And there was one aspect of that story that I'm going to be completely honest because a couple commenters even said this on on the article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. They said, why you're leaving this out, yeah, I left that part out. And I'm not going to say what that part was. If you want to know what it is, go read it yourself, the actual report from Florida. But I left it out because that part of the report had nothing to do with the accident. The other stuff... The actual toxicology report, it could have played a role in the accident. It could have actually answered some questions. We all felt the same way when Dwayne Haskins was tragically killed. And that was, this doesn't add up. Nothing adds up. And so is this the number one reason why it happened? I don't know. No one knows. But I'm going to say this right now, and I'm going to try to defend myself. That Number one, I wrote the article because I felt that it was important to cover the story. I did not give my own commentary. I did not give my opinion. It was not an opinion piece. It was just factual news. Okay, so that's number one. And number two, I left that one part out of the story because in no way, shape, or form, in my opinion, and I know I just said I didn't do an opinion piece. This was just my editorial decision. That had nothing to do with the accident, and there was no reason to bring it up. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're re- you've read the article and you were wondering why, that's why. I pray and my thoughts are going out to the Haskins family now that they have to kind of, I hate to use this as slang, but to dig up those bones again. The, you know, the memorial services are gone. They're done. Everyone's kind of said their piece. And right as everything, it seemed like the dust had settled. This gets all brought up, and it's tragic all over again in a whole different way. So rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. its uh, It was a tragedy. I don't like to write those stories. But it's my job, too. I have to do my job to keep that in mind. There's no easy transition here after that, but still we're going to talk about organized team activities. The Pittsburgh Steelers reported to the Southside facility, the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, for their first day of Phase 3 of organized team activities. I think if you just talk to the regular football fan who doesn't really pay too much attention, they wouldn't even have known there's a Phase 1 and Phase 2 that's been going on for the past few months They just think, oh, this is when they show up and start to do some light practicing. So this is phase three. I talked about that at length on Monday, and there was a lot of news. There was a lot of news, everything from Stephon Tuitt not being there, Deontay Johnson not being there. uh, Also, like someone like Kendrick Green getting some run at guard. There's a lot of talk about the quarterbacks, and that's the title of this. Uh, this this podcast is everyone wants to talk about the quarterbacks. I mean, there's people that are looking at these. You know- Reporters are only allowed to film certain parts of practice. They're allowed to do the individual portions. So the quarterbacks throwing to receivers, the running backs doing running back drills, the defensive linemen hitting the sled. They can film all of that and they share it at their own discretion. And so Twitter was just on fire today with all of these videos. And people were analyzing the quarterback film like it was the Zap- Zapruder film from JFK. And it's it's I understand why it's the first time since 2004 the pittsburgh steelers have had a quarterback not named ben roethlisberger be the entrenched starter no one knows who's going to start in week one and everyone's taking okay who's taking reps first in this drill who's taking first reps in this drill why aren't they doing this that way but look here's the title of this podcast the quarterback battle which everyone wants to talk about myself included because you know i love quarterbacks you know i love offense the quarterback battle is the least of the steelers concerns right now I'm going to say that again because you might say, Jeff, that's the most important position in professional sports. I've said it before on my podcast. I agree to that. But in the, when you're talking about the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers, the quarterback battle is the least of the Steelers concerns as we sit here right now on May 25th. And I'm going to tell you why, because everyone's talking about the quarterbacks. I get it, but there's bigger concerns. And I'm going to break it down to three sections, three areas of, of this Pittsburgh Steelers team that, in my opinion, are bigger, larger concerns and where our attention should really be focused right now, even in organized team activities and mandatory minicamp coming up in a few weeks. That is where our attention should be, and we're going to start with the offensive line. I, I don't care who the quarterback is at this point. If they don't have an offensive line that can protect and they can run the ball, it is not going to matter. It's just that, we saw it. Ben Roethlisberger was kind of a shell of himself in 2021. But what you saw was a veteran quarterback who's been there, done that, everything that the game can deliver, he's done it. And you saw him not trust his offensive line. He didn't trust the offensive line on a seven, eight-step drop. And because of that, it hindered the offense. That's what I'm talking about. So the Steelers invested heavily in the offensive line and free agency. They bring in Mason Cole. They bring in James Daniels. They bring back J.C. Hassanauer. You still have Dan Moore coming back. Chukwukorfor gets a big, a big new contract, and they even go out and get I think his name's Trenton Scott, um, who is the offensive tackle that has played both guard and tackle for the Chargers and I think the Carolina Panthers, if my memory serves me. And so they have some depth there. They still have Chaz Green, Joe Haig still there, but if they can't find some cohesion and some equation with you know Kevin Dotson is still there. I forgot his name. Kendrick Green's still there. If they can't find an offensive line that can put it all together, then nothing else matters on the offensive side of the ball. It could be Mitch Trubisky, it could be Mason Rudolph. And I'll tell you what, if it's Kenny Pickett and they have another shoddy offensive line, that's a good way to kill his confidence. And I'm talking about the young rookie Kenny Pickett. If he wins the job, and he goes out there and is getting beaten to a pulp. Just so we're all clear here, not every quarterback is a Ben Roethlisberger that can withstand that and find a way to fight through it. When you think back to early in Ben Roethlisberger's career, I mean, he was just pummeled repeatedly. And even in that 2009 season when they won Super Bowl 43, that offensive line was not good, and it was Ben Roethlisberger that won them that Super Bowl in more ways than one and got them there in more ways than one. If they put Kenny Pickett out there and this offensive line is trash again, because let's be honest, it was trash last year, it's not going to be pretty for any quarterback. So the offensive line, who's going to be the center? Mason Cole took reps today. Kendrick Green took reps today. James Daniels was at right guard on Monday. I'm sorry, on Monday or Tuesday I don't know which day of the week it is. Good Lord. So still on Tuesday, Mason Cole was at center. So was Kendrick Green. James Daniels at right guard, left guard, Kevin Dotson, and Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green's getting play on two positions. We'll see how that pans out. Right now, it looks like it's going to be a battle between Dotson and Green, maybe a left guard. Should be interesting. That offensive line, bigger concern than the quarterback battle. Another area of concern, bigger than the quarterback battle, in my opinion, is the defensive line. Yes, you just go to the other side of the trenches. And that comes down to that 32nd ranked rush defense if you can't stop the run you need to understand that the opposing offenses playbook is wide open wide open they can do whatever they want they don't have to worry about anything when they can run it right down your throat now the Steelers you spend a draft pick third round pick onto Marvin Leal you can't expect that guy to come in and do something Crazy as a rookie, it would be great if he does, but you can't expect that. Still don't know if Tewitt is coming back. Mentioned that earlier. Cam Hayward, defensive captain, probably the leader of the entire team, he was out there saying he's talked to it he is very confident he's going to play, he's working out on his own, he's going to be ready to go. Okay, that's a vote of confidence, that's great. I want to see him actually show up. And the common... This talking point, we'll put it that way, on Twitter on Tuesday was, wow, this guy didn't play a snap last year. And you would think he would at least show up. Maybe he's not working out fully. Maybe you would just at least just have someone say, wow, look, there's Stefan It's in the facility. But he's not there. He's not there, but still, Tyson Aluwalu was back. It was good to see him back. Montravius Adams is getting his first offseason with the Pittsburgh Steelers at nose tackle. You hope Isaiah Loudermilk can take the the next step in his progress. we know, talking about year two. And this defensive front is what Jeffrey Benedict talked about on Tuesday morning's Cutting Room Floor. Fantastic podcast. Make sure you go back and check that one out. He talked about all of the depth. Not just the starters. He talked about Chris Wormley. He talked about Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal, the Davis brothers. I mean, he went. He even talked about Henry Mondo. This defensive line needs to get it together because, like I said, if you can't stop the run, the opposition's playbook is wide open. And the Steelers' offense, and this is – we're not talking about the offense, I'm talking about the defense, but if the defensive line is getting gouged, repeatedly gouged in the run game, and the offense – The opposing offense is able to do whatever they want. It's going to put the Steelers' offense in a really tough spot because they're always going to be playing catch-up, and they're always going to be playing from behind and relying on the big play to try to get back into the game. That is not a recipe for success, especially when an offense is transitioning into a new quarterback, whoever that is, The Steelers' defense, it starts up front. That defensive front needs to stop the run. That is more concerning than the quarterback battle. Now, there's one more area that I'm more concerned with as we sit here right now at the end of May. I'm more concerned with this than I am with the quarterback battle at this stage of the game. And that is overall depth. Uh, People always say well depth you know no one has a perfect roster no that's right no one has a perfect roster but injuries happen every season to every team you hope you don't get bitten by the injury bug like the Baltimore Ravens did last season where it felt like half of their football team was on season ending IR due to knee injuries ruptured Achilles tendons whatever i think Marlon Humphrey's tore his pectoral muscle injuries happen and so the depth, I have concerns at the following positions. Running back. So yes, we know about Najee Harris. Who's after him? Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, some undrafted rookie free agents. Uh, I'm not crazy about that as I sit here right now. Defensive line, talked about it. If Tua comes back, I think the depth is fine. If he doesn't, I think there's problems. I think there's serious, serious problems. They would be asking a very old Tyson Aluoglu, to do a lot, probably more than he should. Inside linebacker is another one. You talk about Miles Jack. You talk about Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, maybe Miles Killebrew, Marcus Allen, Ulysses Gilbert III, Buddy Johnson. You talk about all of these players. No one, no one is proven outside of the starting two. Everyone's saying maybe this is your buddy Johnson takes a big jump. Maybe he's the forgotten inside linebacker here. Maybe he's that thumper that people have been dying to have since Vince Williams announced his retirement uh, right before training camp last season. No one's seen it, though, so we don't know. That's why the depth is a concern of the position. Cornerback. Cornerback. Not quarterback. Cornerback is another position where the depth. I mean, are we relying on Justin Lane now? To do anything, James Pierre, to do anything, is that what we're doing now as a Steelers team? I don't know. As a fan, that's concerning. Offensive tackle. I had Jeffrey Benedict on the Monday morning conversation. He said that the biggest question mark on the offense to him is the offensive line, but more specifically, the offensive tackle that is Dan Moore Jr. That was his biggest concern. So you signed for to that big three-year deal, you got to worry about the other side as well. I don't know. It's that's a concern, and also outside linebacker. I love the starting duo. I love Highsmith. Love Watt. Who doesn't love TJ Watt? But outside of that, Jannard Avery, Derek Tushka. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's that's concerning for me, and this lack of depth at these key positions. That is at, right now as we sit here right now. Again, May twenty fifth. More concerning than the quarterback battle. So everyone wants to talk about, oh, Mitch took first reps today. And then, you know, on Wednesday, will it be Mason getting first reps and then Kenny? I don't know and I don't care. It's organized team activities. They're just out there giving it a shot, see what's going on, see who throws the ball well, all that stuff. Don't read too much into it. I said this on Twitter. I'll say it here as well. News you can actually glean. From OTAs, who's there, who isn't. That's number one. Also news that you should not glean from OTAs, any type of depth chart, any type of starting lineup, or any performance-based things. I, I quote, to give you an example, I quote tweeted a video that showed the quarterbacks throwing these little wheel routes, underneath wheel routes to running backs. And Anthony McFarland on his route, which was thrown by Kenny Pickett, well, he slips and falls. My goodness, people on my timeline, oh, Anthony McFarlane, that guy still can't stand up. Guys, it was one rep. It was one repetition. Can we please not turn into a fan base that is going to go that analytical over one 30-second clip from the very first day of Phase 3 of OTAs? Let's please not do that. But the quarterback battle, it's going to be something to watch. I'm definitely going to talk about it. I'm definitely intrigued by it. But the offensive line, the defensive line, and the overall depth of those positions I mentioned, they're more concerning than the quarterback battle, in my opinion. You may disagree, and that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but so am I. That's what I think. What I also think is that in the second half of this podcast, the the ride-or-die crew, they had a ton of questions, and I'm going to answer every single one of them in the mailbag. We'll be right back right after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is the second half of the show, it is Wednesday, that means it is the mailbag time, and you all delivered, like you always do, in case you're wondering, Jeff, I listen to your show every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, loyal member of the Ride or Die crew, I want to know how in the heck I get get you to answer my question, well don't email me, if you have my phone number, do not text me, I'm not sure how you got my phone number in the first place, and also, all you got to do, don't DM me on Twitter. You got to follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And on every Tuesday around noon, today, Tuesday was around 1 o'clock. Just wait for the tweet. I'll retweet it from the Behind the Steel Curtain account, and you just have to respond, respond to that, and I will answer your question. Let's get this thing started. Heath Davis, he says, what's more likely? Bush and Jack in the middle of the defense being super disruptive to other teams slash not getting them on the field together. Or, or not getting them on the field together and drafting Bush's replacement next season to learn behind Jack. P.S. Is there a run-stopper linebacker available you would bring in? Hashtag Okay, I think the Bush and Jack in the middle can be disruptive, but I also think that Miles Jack signing a two-year contract is an insurance policy for if Devin Bush does not heal up, does not return to his former form, and they need someone else in the middle. As your run-stopper, I think that Jannard Avery can play a little inside, play a little outside. He's definitely that build. And don't sleep on Buddy Johnson. I mentioned him in the first half. I'll say it again. He might be a guy that could do that. We need to see it, though. Absolutely need to see it. Brian Haynes asked several questions. Jeff, given the mindset of the draft, five out of seven players off on the offense, do you feel the team is satisfied with the defense, or was it just that the offense needed that much help? Great question. I think that... I think they're satisfied with the defense. You're always looking to add at certain positions, but I think they were happy with the defense and they needed more high draft picks relegated to the offensive side of the ball. And they did just that. Another one from Brian. If you had to change the hype song from Renegade to something, what would you choose and why? I'd choose here comes the boom by Nelly and play a composition of defense, just destroying offensive players here we go. Ride or die crew. Hashtag ride or die crew. Uh, and if I had to choose another hype song, I'm not the guy to answer this one. Um, I'm not big on hype songs. I'm more if you talk about like the lead, you know, I, I've I'm a baseball guy. I've always been a baseball guy. I love the game. Still do. I love watching it. I love the walk up songs. That's what I'm is way more intriguing than a football hype song. Renegades fine. Why change it? But for me, I would love just to, the these walk-up songs, because every individual player gets to choose one, and it's curious, i was always curious, like, why did they choose that song? Like, Clint Barmas, back in the day with the Pirates, it wasn't that long ago, when he did Don't Stop Believing," and he always started it with a small-town girl, people thought it was hysterical, um, yeah, anyways, that's not even here, there. Corey Eckenroth asked a couple, he said, is it bad? If I give Kenny Pickett the nickname Mittens as a response to his small hands. To be clear, I don't think his hand side, me- hand size means anything. But it would be funny to yell at Ravens fans about how Mittens tears their defense apart. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag die crew. Um if you want to call him Mittens, you can. Uh, you can call him Kenny Two Gloves, uh, whatever. I I'm not I'm not gonna make fun of the Steelers quarterback if he's the guy. Uh, but if you want to call them mittens, go for it. Uh, Corey has another one. How quote unquote voluntary do you believe OTAs are for rookies? How about established star players? What? Okay. So let's answer this one first. He asked a couple. I I think that they are always voluntary for rookies. They're not voluntary because you want to get there and learn the playbook. You want to make sure you're putting forth your best foot you want to make sure you're impressing your coaches. The one thing you don't want to do is, hey, I'm a rookie. I'm not going to be there, coach. <laughs> it's just not a good look. Uh, for established star players, I don't think it's as big of a deal, but it also depends on your position. So Stefan it not being there, yeah, I wish he was there just to kind of end the speculation. You would think he would want to do that too. You think the team would want him to do that as well. But at the same time, he's not really doing much. They can't hit. They're not wearing pads. They, you know, it's, just, it's just not conducive to that type of need for a veteran player. However, a receiver, a cornerback, they can definitely get some good repetitions in these early uh days of the OTAs. Also, he asked, What level of concern do you have the two? it hasn't shown up to be evaluated by team doctors or put to rest the rising level of concern to his playing status? Hashtag Like I said, um, first, uh, the team doctors, I'm sure, have talked with him. They know his status. I don't think he's just completely gone rogue. But at the same time, there's a level of concern it'll go up a lot more if he doesn't show up to mandatory minicamp. Corey asked another one. Thoughts on the initial order of Mitch, Mason, Kenny, and Chris uh, by which the quarterbacks were taking snaps at OTAs? I honestly do not care. I really don't. Uh, it's not gonna. This is not going to matter when it comes down to it. Brian asks a couple more. Would you rather watch Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler movie? Oh gosh. Or the 2018 Steelers divisional round? Why? Why are we doing this to me? Okay, stop this. Hashtag ride or die crew. I'm not watching Jack and Jill. No way. Brian also says, who's your favorite non-BTSC Steelers reporter, not named Chris Carter? Who is your least favorite? I'm not going to say least favorite. That's not my style. Uh, I like the people that are not, Afraid to share content, I like people that are willing to acknowledge that outlets like behindthesteelcurtain.com are valid sources for information, that they could be first hand sources if the Steelers would let them in, they wouldn't have to rely on others to get their information. So, I like people like Mark Cabali, Chris Adamski, uh, Brian Batko can be a pretty cool guy. Some of the younger guys are definitely better. Uh, Ed Bouchette retired, and that he, he's great at his job, but he was also an old fart sometimes, and he hated some of the what they call aggregators. But still, that's that's just my answer. And last one from Brian: Who is the most who is the most detrimental to the success of the 2022 Steelers? One on offense and one on defense. Uh, detrimental. I, don't, I think you meant who who's the most instrumental to the success on offense. It's got to be the offensive line, and on defense, it's the defensive line. I know you probably didn't ask for a unit, but still, it's that important. They need to protect. They need to run the ball. And they need to stop the run. Corey asked another one. Uh, he said, "Do you think Mega Fitzpatrick gets the extension before camp or right before the game one of the preseason?" I don't think he gets it in the camp or preseason. I think it's going to be the TJ Watt plan, and that is he is going to get that deal right before week one. That's my prediction. All right, Eric Miller says, Hey, Jeff, so I've been jumping back and forth from the Trubisky train to the picket plane. If Mitch comes out on fire and looks like the franch- like a franchise quarterback material, do the Steelers sit him to take a chance on picket, or do they see how far the Trubisky train can take him? Hashtag Eric, great question. I think that if Mitchell Trubisky wins the job, they're going to ride with him until he proves that he can't or it's 2023. I think in 2023, uh, it's Kenny Pickett's job. You don't take the guy 20th overall to sit for two years. So you hope that Trubisky plays well and you hope that they win games with him. But at the same time, I don't think you want to just sit there and hold on to Kenny Pickett for multiple years. Will Caldwell asked too. Jeff, Keith Butler has stated that Mike Tomlin called the defensive plays. Do you think he continues this with the new defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin, and Brian Flores? Also, generally, do you have thoughts about head coaches calling plays on either side of the ball? Hashtag Crew. So for me, Tomlin had his moments, I'm sure, as a coach where he says, I want this called. And yeah, then you have to run that. He's the head coach. I'm fine with the head coach putting his personal stamp on a team, on plays that are being called. Because when it comes down to it, he's the one that's going to get criticized the most. And if that's his expertise, and in Mike Tomlin's case, it is the defensive side of the ball, I have no problem. I don't know what he's going to do with the new Austin Flores situation because we haven't seen it yet. However... Uh, with Butler, maybe there were some instances where he said, look, Keith, I want this call called. On offense, play, guys that call plays, I think it's going to take away a little bit from the duties of a head coach, but to each their own. Another one from Will. Out of all the rookie numbers, which is your favorite and least favorite? I personally think Calvin Austin III and Pickens would look great in single digits, like in college. My favorite is Leal since I'm a fan of how defensive line and linebackers look in 90s. I'll go with Leal wearing number 98. That's a great number. And, hey, 93 on Mark Robinson looks pretty good as well. Southside Doc, he says, one more, if you still have time. He has a couple other ones. They're not in order. One more, if you still have time. Do you think Kenny Pickett's gloves make his hands look smaller than they really are? I almost think it's an optical illusion at times when looking at different photographs, angles, and colors of gloves. Here's a tip. Stop looking at the dude's hands. Like that's That's literally the best advice I can give you. Just don't look at the dude's hands. If you're watching a video, watch the football. If you're watching him take a snap, I don't care. Look at his helmet. Don't watch his hands. Like, I don't know why people are so obsessed with this stuff. Ben B asks, will guys be making Will you guys be making merch or shirts this season? I haven't bought a shirt from you guys before, but if y'all make a Kenny Two Gloves picket shirt, I will definitely be getting a few also. Do you think Wallace or Witherspoon will be cornerback one? Who do you prefer? So we do have, we've sold a, a lot of shirts uh, since, well, we've, our deal with Breaking T, uh, we've also sold Heritage shirts, which are fantastic shirts. And so are Breaking T shirts. They're, they're really nice, very comfortable shirts. If you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, go down to, you'll see a little tab that says BTSC Apparel. Click on that, and you'll find all the links that you need to all of our shirts. And we've had several Kenny Pickett ones. Not Kenny Two Gloves Pickett, but we have had a plenty. Now, in terms of the cornerback, I think Wallace is more, is more overall. He's a more well-rounded corner. He's not afraid to tackle something Witherspoon hates to do. But uh, I'll take Wallace. Witherspoon will see plenty of time, but in certain situations. Paul Orlando says... Uh, finally, OTAs are here. Whoop, whoop. Two questions, if that's okay. That's fine. How will the Austin Flores defensive scheme philosophy be different from the Butler D? Uh, That's a great question, and no one knows. Anyone can sit here and try to guess. They can try to speculate, try to forecast. No one knows. I can't answer it. No one can answer it. Who do you want to see the green dot on in defense? I want to see it on Devin Bush. I don't want it on Miles Jack. Ever since I heard the interview... With the Jacksonville Jaguars beat writer who noticed every time Miles Jack had to wear the green dot, every time they asked him to be the leader of the defense, he floundered. So don't mess with it. Give it to someone else and let them do the job. Southside Doc asked another one. How would the current roster compare the 2019 and 2020 teams if Najee Harris missed the season? So the current roster compared to, I mean, the 2019, I look at the defense, that defense was ridiculous that if if the Steelers had that defense this year, they're going to be really tough to beat. If Najee Harris missed the season, that's a tough blow. That's a really tough blow. Let's not talk about that. And I just knocked on wood. Okay. And then he also has talk about the duality of being a fan and a reporter of Steelers news. What makes the distinction difficult and how do controversial players affect the reported narrative? So, this is this is a tough part of the job. And and Dave Schofield and I are the two writers on our website that primarily cover news. And it's really difficult sometimes to just cover the news even if it's something that you want and have an opinion about. Typically, if that's the case, we will do the news article and then if someone, even myself or Dave, have an opinion on something, then we would do a separate opinion article. But we have to try to keep some level-headedness to the website. Yes, we are the largest fan-driven website uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but at the same time, people don't come to us behind the steel curtain for slanted, one-sided commentary. If the team is playing like trash, they want someone to call them trash. And so, yeah, it's tough. You you want the team to do well. You want the team to win. It's It's a fine line. We'll put it that way. Good question, though. Cheeseball 10, he says, while reports are just reports, how much stock do we put in possible position battle at left guard between Dotson and Green? While most fans love Dotson, what's with the Steelers wanting to do everything possible to find his replacement? Hashtag rider this is Okay, this is a good question. So for me, I think that this is just their way of pushing Kevin Dotson, and I also think it is their way of seeing the position flexibility of Kendrick Green. If Kendrick Green can prove to be a valuable backup, interior backup, we're talking center and guard on both sides, that's a great thing to have. If Mason Cole can be your center and be and do it well, then, man, that is a great asset to have. A guy that can play all three interior positions and play them well, they're just starting to put their feelers out about Green and guard. Don't draw too many conclusions. Tank says, keeping with the top three, top three theme, top three action movies, so number one for me on the action movies is Die Hard. It is, in my opinion, the best action movie ever. I love it. Um, I think Die Hard Two is great. I don't like Die Hard Three. Give me the one where they were doing the. Um, and I'm just doing Die Hard's at this point. Uh, where, where they he had to. They were doing the fire sale. It was more about you know someone trying to take down the. The internet and, and block all this the tech technology aspect of our country. It was a really cool movie. I thought it was very well done. So those are my favorite, and Die Hard's my favorite. If you have, if you couldn't tell, British Owen said, "Who wears the green dot on the Steelers defense next season?" I kind of said, "I think it should be either Minka Fitzpatrick. If you don't want to do a linebacker, if you are going to use a linebacker, it should be Devin Bush. Don't give it to Miles Jack." Heath Davis says, "Rare third question." Did the comments about Jack Ham disqualify the one candidate from the Steelers job? So that's Doug Whaley. And Doug Whaley was on 93.7 The Fan. And he said that if Jack Ham were in the NFL today, he would be a backup special teamer. I don't think it disqualified the candidate from the job, but I'll tell you what, it didn't endear him with the fan base. And if the Steelers announce this week, which is reportedly they are going to make their announcement this week who the new GM is, if they announce that it's Doug Whaley, expect... For of uh, a response from the fan base that is not kind, we'll put it that way. Daily Joinco, hey Jeff, still early, but who do you think takes cornerback one to cornerback four by week one? Also, would you consider yourself more of an offensive or defensive minded coach for lacrosse? Don't know much about the sport, so I don't even know if that's a fair question, so I'll believe whatever you say, okay? Let's start with the Steelers question first. Cornerback one, cornerback four. I think cornerback one is Levi Wallace. I think cornerback two is Cam Sutton slash Akella Witherspoon, meaning Sutton would flex inside with certain um, defensive packages. And so there you have – so that's your one, two, and three. And so then your four is going to be a battle between Justin Lane and James Pierre. Right now, I'll give the nod to James Pierre. As for lacrosse, when I played the game, I was a midfielder, so I did have, uh, and I was what we used to call a soldier. now it's a very, it's a very specialized sport now, with players that only play offense and only play defense, and so I played both sides. I play, we, we played, but I, when I played, we didn't have enough players really to do have specialization on our team. So I played both sides of the of the, of the field, but when I coached, I was an offensive coach. Uh, I, I definitely was the one that drew up the plays. I called the sets, spent a ton of time installing things like man up, which is like a power play in hockey, uh, how to, how to move the defense, how to get the looks that you want and how to set up the players that are best suited to really score for your team. A lot of fun. I do have fond memories of that, but yeah, offensive coach for sure. Zach Farnsworth says, which position group do you think will benefit most from the steel from the team bonding at Saint Vincent this season, and why? That's a really good question, Zach. The position group that will benefit most from the bonding, I think it. For me, if for some reason, I'm thinking about the wide receivers, and maybe that's because the last time we're there was when Daryl Drake passed away, and that was very traumatic. I don't know if that was it or not, but I think the wide receivers—they're just so young. They're just so young. I mean, when you think about the the elder statesman on that in that group being, I think Deontay Johnson. Like, it's it's insane. So getting those guys together, getting them to be one good cohesive unit is going to be big. Heath says, Jeff, pancakes, waffles, or French toast. So I'm going to go with waffles. I'm going to tell you why. So when you put the butter and the syrup on the waffles, when you have the waffle, it's got those little crannies. So you have the place. It's like it's almost like when the butter melts and the syrup goes on top, it doesn't run all over. And that's perfect. Just keep it where it belongs. So I'll take waffles. All right, Gordon Bent says, hey, Jeff, what size hood do you take? Oh, that's fantastic. He took a picture of Liao and Pickens, and Pickens is wearing that hood that we've all seen him wear, the silver hood, and he he actually put my face (laughs) on Pickens' face. It's hysterical. I don't know what size hood. I have a big head. I wear seven and three-eighths fitted hat. so there you go. If you give me that hood, if someone orders me that hood, I will uh, wear it. On The Steelers preview every single Thursday until the start of the season. You heard it here first. If someone buys me a silver hood like that, I will wear it on the Steelers preview every Thursday until the start of the regular season. Yeah, that. there you go. There's some incentive. All right. Tyler says, uh, Hey, Jeff, what is the one thing you will miss the most now that Ben will not be under center in 2022? What club are you pulling out of your bag for your tee shot on 185-yard par three? Okay, okay, I love these questions. So uh, the one the one thing I missed the most about Roethlisberger is just the the certainty that you knew what you had. You, you never had to think about who the quarterback was. Now the, the uncertainty is both exciting and intriguing. It's also frightening. So that's what I missed the most about Ben. For 185-yard par three, if it's a flat, if it's a, I'm not hitting it uphill or downhill. I'm probably gonna try to muscle a four iron, um, maybe with the wind, uh, a smooth four iron. If I'm if I'm hitting the ball well later in the summer, if the ball's flying, but that's typically what I'm gonna pull out of the bag for 185 yard part three. Haskins QB one says, "Hey Jeff, should the next GM value draft capital like Kevin Colbert did, or should the next GM be aggressive by trading away future draft capital to acquire players?" #Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Great question. I think what one thing you have to understand here is Art Rooney second is very involved with the Steelers' football operations. He values the draft capital as much as Colbert did. So no move gets made without owner's approval in the Pittsburgh Steelers' organization. They talked about how they had to convince Art Rooney an unbelievable amount of times before they traded that first-round pick to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick. He values draft capital. That is what we all need to remember. It's not just the GM. Mike Tomlin also values draft capital. So there's more than just one spoke to this wheel. Johnny Bravo. What is the best Willie Nelson song? Johnny Bravo is starting to creep me out here. I'm a big Willie Nelson fan. He's 89, just turned 89, not too long ago. Uh, I, I love his, I'd I also love Waylon Jennings. I mean, the Willie and Waylon stuff is fantastic. Uh, the Highwaymen is fantastic, but that's not just Willie Nelson. Uh, my favorite Willie Nelson album is probably redheaded stranger, uh, blue eyes crying in the rain. My daughter, my oldest daughter has blue eyes. So I was thinking about her shotgun. Willie, uh, is a, my favorite Willie Nelson album. There's so many good songs from that album. So it's tough for me to pick just one, but those two albums are my favorite. Donnie Brosco says, could Pickens lead? Steelers wide receivers and receptions in yards, his rookie season. I don't see why not. It's just whether he's going to learn the offense well enough, they're going to trust him enough, whether he's going to have the opportunities on one-on-one battles with Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I could see him having a really good season. I could also see the Steelers kind of spreading the ball out amongst all their receivers a little bit more. So that's a great question though. Great question. David Briggs six. He says, Jeff, you may have been asked this before, but how did you end up living in enemy territory and what makes you stay in Raven's country? Hashtag ride or die crew. So, and that's a good question. So I, I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia. Everyone that listens to the podcast that's been listening to me for almost three years now knows that I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia. And I went to college in a small school in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. It was called Shepherd College when I went there. And when I graduated it was Shepherd University. And so when I went to Shepherd, I was three and a half hours away from home. I wanted to go away to college, and it just happens to be that I met my wife while I was in college. My wife is from where we live now in Maryland, not too far from Shepherdstown, and so I also had connections in terms of my other job from my college advisor. My college advisor got my wife and I our interviews. We were hired right out of college and we got our jobs in Maryland. Now my wife stays home with our children now, but I'm still at that same job and all of the connections, my wife, uh, my job were in Maryland. And so because of that, we just kind of anchored here. We are in Western Maryland. There are just as many Steelers fans where I live in Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis, where we all live here in Western Maryland, as there are Ravens fans. And that is 100% true. Um, but still that's how I ended up in Maryland and that's why I'm still in Maryland. My kids are here in Maryland and I will be here as long as they're here. So, uh, that's it. That's what happens. I don't enjoy it. I do love Maryland. It's a great state, beautiful state, uh, not too many states you can be in mountains in one in one part of the state and in four hours later be putting your feet in the sand in the ocean in the next it's pretty incredible but still yeah it's enemy territory but trust me if there's someone out there that can handle their own with the raven's flock as they call themselves those bunch of idiots it's me i can handle myself good questions thank you all for the questions Make sure you're tuning in on Friday. I've got a have uh, got some ideas for a good show. Make sure you're tuning into all of our shows, but especially my show on Friday. You know how we finished it out here. My ride or die crew, you all are the best. I love y'all. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. Go see you. My burning bright. i sleep three to four hours every night at LuckyLandSlots.com, available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. Turns and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office. Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. Full work by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.